You're listening to the Rogers Waterfowl Podcast. This is A.A. Ron Jones. Chandler Smith here. Let's talk some waterfowl. So I was just saying, the first time I ever went goose hunting, I uh, went with a bunch of guys. I just started at Rogers. Shoot, this was like eight years ago or something. And uh, went with a bunch of guys, and one guy was shooting uh, fast steel, and he he told me to grab this box of silver steel, which I don't know why he got me to grab silver steel or whatnot. But we had a great day in the snow. I remember he was shooting the fastest three-and-a-half-inch BBs that I've ever seen, and he was backflipping Canada geese with this load and he probably shouldn't have been shooting it through his choke because the choke said it wasn't supposed to handle anything over 1550 but he was anyways um but he was knocking some geese down i was shooting the silver steel which is plated which was heavier and it was doing good but i was i got pretty impressed with that 1625 or whatever the three and a half inch was you know bb's they're they're, they're cooking and in a bb and they're just a good load man those geese were just back flipping when you hit them it was pretty cool yeah, I think yeah, I think it is sixteen twenty five. Sixteen crazy. I thought it was sixteen seventy five, but yeah, sixteen twenty five. That's just a fast load. Yeah, and that fast deals. I mean, it's a good, it's a good load. I mean, we've always had good luck for a good quality, um, but it's a great goose load. A lot of goose guys love it. Mm-hmm. I know that. So today we're speaking with Jeff Berry, who is from Kent, and uh, what is going to be new for twenty nineteen? What's exciting? I know last year you did some redesigns on some of your your boxes and some of your marketing stuff, but what's going to be new for 2019? Well, 2019 is a is is a is going to be a tremendous year for us. With us number one in the spring, introducing a high performance tungsten turkey load called TK7, and uh, it it has some similarities to uh, the the TSS products that have been out in the market, uh, but. Uh, offers a little bit of a point of difference and and our tk7 it's a 15 density tungsten product so it's a little bit lighter than the 18 density tss but in a way there there's some advantages to that Uh, number one you get more pellets per ounce on a lower density shot and uh, what that allows us to do is use a lighter payload and still put a tremendous amount of pellets in a 10 inch circle at 40 yards and that lighter payload gives you a managed recoil it's not necessarily light recoil but it's going to be like shooting a, a standard lead upland load so managed recoil in the turkey woods and then a, a, a little bit lower price point than some of the tss products that are out there on the market uh, extremely dense patterns at 40 yards with a high pellet count and 15 density shot a great combination. Mm-hmm. What uh, what sizes are you going to be offering that in? Uh, we're going to offer that in two SKUs, a 12-gauge 3-inch and a 20-gauge 3-inch, all shot size 7. All shot size 7, which that seems to be kind of that, I would say 7s and, and 9s are really kind of that, that popular uh, shot size with a, a tungsten. A- absolutely. Uh, we felt this year for year one, it was important to bring out number sevens. There's still a, a number of states that, that haven't come along with their laws uh, uh, regarding shot sizes where number nines is tough in a number of states. So we, we felt we'd cover most of the bases with number sevens here in year one with this product. That makes sense. So you've got some turkey loads coming out. Um, what else is kind of new on the maybe the waterfowl side? Absolutely. This is uh, this is going to be the cornerstone of our year. Uh, 
reintroducing uh, a legend, uh, a legend reborn fast deal, which has been on the market since 1998. Uh, most every waterfowler has heard of it or shot it. Some it has a tremendous following. Uh, what we set out to do was number one, uh, put some meaningful performance enhancements into the product. Uh, number two, uh, we're going to tell the story uh, and uh, and maintain the value. We're the most affordable premium steel shot shell on the market, and our packaging and marketing efforts are going to are going to reflect that going forward. Absolutely, I'm sitting here looking at some of the new boxes, and I know the. The bismuth boxes, which we can talk about bismuth here in a minute, but those boxes that you guys came out with last year, just they looked awesome, and I, I love the looks of these new fast steel boxes as well. Well, thank you. We, we put a lot of time and effort into it. We've never been the cheapest product on the market. We've always offered a performance advantage, and now when, when uh, someone who might not be familiar with fast steel or Kent picks up a box of fast steel, uh, they're going to be able to learn about the product and understand uh, uh, some of the technology that goes into it that will give them a performance advantage in the field. Mm -hmm. So let's uh, let's break down a shot shell for anybody who doesn't know exactly. Um, maybe all the parts and functions and, and whatnot. So um, maybe start from the, uh, the primer and work forwards and, and kind of talk about why this is important and what Kent does with this, uh, with this part or piece. A absolutely. We, we only source premium components because we believe using premium components and then, and then taking the care to load it will, will give you a tremendous shell in the field. So starting with the primer, uh, we use what's called a CX2000 primer. It's, uh, it's the best primer from our, from our whole manufacturer we can get. Uh, it, what it does is it provides consistent, reliable ignition across all weather and temperature conditions. Think about the conditions here in North America from bitter cold and wet to when you're early teal se early seasoned teal it's really warm out uh, uh maybe even higher than 80 degrees some folks hunt waterfowl down in florida or the texas coast where it's warm and mild some folks are it's it's below zero fahrenheit our products are designed to perform uh, uh so it starts with the primer to provide that ignition uh secondly we use double base powder which again uh is is very adaptable to the different uh, temperatures, provides consistent velocities and pressures across the temperature spectrum. Going on to the hull, uh, there's a few components. One of them is called a base wad. It's a, it's a little polymer disc at the, uh, at the base of the hull on the inside. It, not to be confused with the wad that, that goes out with the shot string, but stays in the hull. And that that little piece has an impact on head expansion and contraction of the hull upon firing. We worked with our hull manufacturer to modify the diameter of that base wad to make it more forgiving for semi-autos. Think of the last few years and all the all the semi-autos that have entered the market, whether it's you know the Super Black Eagle 3, SX4, a number of import guns. There's just a lot of semi-autos on the market today. Every chamber is different. So working with the... Uh, our whole manufacturer, we're, we're creating a round that's going to cycle uh, uh, smoothly and, and, and function in, semi, in, in all semi-autos going forward. <clears throat> uh, regarding the wad, uh, that's another often overlooked uh, uh, component. And we actually have an exclusive wad design that we use in uh, a number of our fast steel loads. Not all of them, but the ones that require it, where the current wads that, we were, that were on the market 
we noticed were breaking in cold temperatures. So we worked with our wad manufacturer to come up with an exclusive design that held together in cold temperatures and make sure your patterns stay consistent. Okay. Um, the, the head. Uh, in Fast Steel 2.0, we're using uh, a nickel head, and that's going to provide some corrosion resistance. Uh, the, the nickel will resist uh, any, any rusting. Uh, whether you hunt in salt water or fresh water, you know, keep it, keeping your ammo dry is important, but if it does get wet, it's not going to rust and corrode on you very quickly. Regards to the shot, the most important aspect of, of, of the shot shell, what actually comes in contact with your game bird, uh, we've always used precision steel, which it's where, where you grind the steel to the greatest uniformity possible. And that's what we believe gives us our tremendous patterns, is uniformity. There's certainly enough surface friction on the steel to give it good air resistance, and it's the uniformity. Think about an airplane. Uh, you don't see an airplane with three engines on one wing and one on the other. Everything is very uniform. Uh, a, a golf ball is very uniform in its uh, in, in its appearance, and, and that's what gives you the great patterns. We've taken that a step further with Fast Steel 2.0, uh, where we're plating it with zinc to give it some added corrosion protection as well. So if, if water does seep down in there, it's not going to rust that shot as quickly as it would with un, unplated steel. It's a big deal for waterfowlers. Sure. So uh, you, people who are familiar with Kent from the past, you had the silver steel, which was a plated steel, and the fast steel that was not. So kind of what, what went on there as far as... Yeah, uh, so so we discontinued both uh, original fast steel and silver steel and took elements of both. Uh, silver steel was really only available in two configurations. One was a 12-gauge 3-inch ounce and a quarter payload, and the other was a 12-gauge 3.5 ounce and a half payload. Fast steel had the breadth of the line. We took some of the elements from silver steel, namely the uh, zinc-plated shot and nickel heads, and applied it to the fast steel line, and then... The, the main improvement uh, is, is the high-performance base wad. Changing that base wad uh, across the line is, is the other improvement that we made to these pro uh, product lines. So really you took kind of the best aspects out of both and combined it into like the new ultimate you know waterfowl load there. Absolutely, and all the while maintaining the same price point as original fast steel. Yeah, and I, let me tell you about that nickel. Um, I have some, some ammo trays. Uh, with three and a half inch shells that I just kind of collected over, you know, spares from the end of season. And I went back through this year and, and tried to get rid of all that, shoot it all. And there's a lot of different brands. Uh, I know that I had silver steel in there and that shell with that nickel head looked like it came out of the box, but it was probably five years old. And I know there's other brass head shells that didn't look like they're brand new out of the box and that were questionable even to fire because they just had some corrosion around the primer, around the edges and all that stuff. So um, not everybody, you know, cranks through all their ammo every year and going with the, with that nickel head and, it, and being able to resist that through the years is, I think, a really important thing because there's some shells I didn't put in my gun because I was didn't think they were going to actual fire because of the corrosion on that brass. So in those silver steel shells that being nickel on that head, they looked brand new and they were probably five or even more years, you know, five or more years old. So it's a pretty, pretty neat deal. And I didn't even think about that until you said that the nickel head and, and that was on silver steel. I didn't even realize it was before. I just knew it was plated. I didn't realize it had a nickel head on it. So. Absolutely. And uh, tre tremendous 
tr tremendous piece of quality there that, that adds up over time. Well, sure. And I'm a firm believer in that, namely because um, any time I can get a, a shell that's going to be somewhat protected against the elements, I know all the time when Chandler and I are hunting, if you've got any shells on a belt and you're walking out in the decoys, they're getting dunked. Um, a lot of times um, I've been over to pick up decoys or something and it seems like, or you take a step, you hit a hole, you go down to your knees. <laughs> I'm yeah. all the time. I'm all the time getting shells wet. And as a matter of fact, when we were in Kentucky uh, about a month ago, it started off as a downpour in the mid forties. And by the time we were done hunting that afternoon, it was sleet and then four inches of snow at 20 degrees all in one day. And your guns in that, your ammo's in that. I've never left a hunt where my ammo was 100% dry. Yeah, everything was wet that day. But, but yeah, our whole hunting season, we deal with deeper water here, and even the marshes are deeper. And if we hunt a reservoir or a lake, it's deeper. And so, you know, we had to, we actually had a place we hunted a um, an area we had to wade through water to get to that wasn't the shallowest. I mean, we're, you're, there's some points where the the lake was up. We were kind of tippy toeing across to get to our hunt spot, but. uh Having some good corrosion resistant, good good shot shells is very important, I think, for me. And having consistency and quality is, is really good on a shot shell because I think that's what Kent's known for uh, over the years. A lot of guys really like to, um, you know, the Kent kind of never seemed to be as flashy in the past, but they've always just been like a very consistent, great Reliable. Shell. Yeah, you know, very. That's that's what I feel when I think of Kent. Uh, absolutely, and we're going to maintain the, the consistency and the quality, but uh, we're, we're just going to make it easier for folks to learn about us. One of the things that we did uh, here in January, we launched a brand new website that has some very advanced features uh, where folks can come and learn about our products. They can actually look at the uh, the inner workings of a Fast Steel 2.0 shell where they can learn about the primer, they can learn about the powder and, 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 and the wads and the shot and, it, and use their... It, what it does is it scrolls up and down where, where it kind of t uh, takes it apart for, for, for the end user where they can really learn about the technology that we put into these shells and, and why that, why they're, they're priced where they're at. Mm -hmm. Cool. So that's, that's new on the waterfowl side. I know, um, let's see, we've talked about steel and then let's see, there's still bismuth. Gosh. Yeah. And that's been, been doing pretty good the past few years, but, uh, that's more and more people are looking at that. Um, especially in 20 gauges and, and, and even 12 gauges, the, you know, you guys you reintroduced the, a case of 250 in bismuth, uh, last year. And it's just a, it's a, it's a quality different, uh, shot than your standard steel, which, so your, your standard steel is at, was it at seven on the density somewhere in there? Yeah. 7.8. Uh, then bismuth comes in at 9.6, so it's 24% yeah. more dense. But w what, I, what I say the secret sauce of bismuth is, is it's soft as lead. So you get the density plus where it's soft as lead. So think about if you're a big game hunter and you, you big game hunt with either a soft point bullet or, or, or a tip that's going to expand, the softness of bismuth, when it hits that game bird, allows it to flatten out and dump all of that energy into the bird. It hits them like a freight train. That's really where you get the benefit is that softness. Uh, it's it's almost like for those who shot lead back in the day, it is very close to shooting lead at, 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 at waterfowl uh, with its performance. Yeah, so if you're not careful, like if you have really, really hard 
heavy pellets, you know, if they don't, if they kind of fly right through the game bird, you, maybe it's not as you know, detrimental as something that smacks a little bit harder. It doesn't actually carry through, mm-hmm. which is something I didn't even think about until you, when we were over here last, you kind of explaining that yeah. about your bismuth. And that was very intriguing. 9.6, so it's heavier than steel. It's non-toxic. It's soft. And that helps other guys with uh, some different barrels too, like older guns and stuff like that. Absolutely. So uh, fixed choke guns, uh, they can now have a non-toxic alternative that's that's affordable. We've always had tungsten matrix, which we can talk about a little bit, but uh, uh, the bismuth, uh, you can shoot in any choke. When uh, Even if you're shooting a, a modern gun, I'd recommend using a similar choke tube as you would with, uh, with lead upland loads. Uh, so if you might use a modified for your steel load, Maybe try going to a a, a, a full uh, with bismuth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, t- test different loads out. Another thing I'll add about our bismuth is it's our proprietary process. We we make it in house, and uh, you're going to find very if you cut one open, you're going to find the shot to be very uniform because again, that's what we believe is a key to consistent patterns. And then the structural integrity is very high with our bismuth. Uh, Bismuth twenty years ago had it was notorious for fracturing uh, upon firing, and you lose almost a third of your pellet, a quarter to a third of your pellet count turned to dust before it even hit the, hit the target. Our process eliminates that fracturing and gives it high structural integrity. So we're really proud of of the quality of our bismuth, and it's truly a high performance product that you can also shoot in in uh, fixed choke guns. Now, when you say soft as lead. Um like, if, for instance, can you give us an example? I know there's like a hardness scale. Right. And um, yeah, I want to say that lead and, and bismuth are real close, and then steel is, what, four or five times y- Yeah, om- almost harder. about six times har- uh, harder than, uh, than, than lead or... or uh, uh, or, or bismuth. Think about when when you're when you're eating your your ducks. Uh, you <laughs> do not nervous. you do not want to uh, to uh, to find a steel pellet. Uh, but if you find a bismuth pellet, it'll be nice and soft. It's like when you when you're eating your pheasants, you don't worry all that much about about finding that lead pellet because mm-hmm. you can feel you can bite down on it. Same thing with the bismuth. You'll still have teeth. That's exactly right. <laughs> I've heard some yeah. terrible horror stories, and I've actually bit down on a steel pellet myself. It was actually in some. Uh, snow goose jerky and of Ooh. course in jerky you're biting and tearing as hard yeah, as you can as anyway. hard as you can <laughs> oh and i found it and it hit a molar and i would say within seconds i had a stinger that went up the back of my head down my neck through my shoulder and the first thing i thought of was i'm missing a tooth or i've got a chunk out of a tooth luckily i'm okay i still have all my teeth but man oh that hurt and from then on every time i get nervous and i keep saying i need to get one of those little handheld metal detectors but i have yet to do so and i don't know why because you do that once and it just it'll it'll change your thought process before just diving into a chunk of duck or goose mm-hmm. or, yeah. but it happens to me four or five times a year but um i'm i am cautious uh, see jerky i can see as you you're really biting down really tearing into it that could be bad right that and you it's sliced so thin typically that yeah. you don't you thought oh, i've probably got all the pellets out of this i sliced it so yeah thin. exactly i mean i you know I, my duck i eat a lot medium rare and so it's not as tough mm-hmm. as jerky but still when you find one you can definitely know it <laughs> yeah but absolutely um so let's see you've got bismuth and waterfowl you've got bismuth and upland um let's see let's talk yeah about- the the bismuth and upland uh that's primarily our our, our sub gauge offerings maybe some lighter payloads and 12 gauge but i will tell you even if 
even though it's branded upland, it is equally effective on waterfowl. Our our twenty eight gauge uh, bismuth that that's that is a killer load on ducks. So just because it's got a pheasant on the box, uh, don't, yeah, don't don't worry, worry about, about it. it. Yeah, it, it it works just fine on waterfowl. And yes. that comes in what twelve, sixteen, twenty, and twenty eight. I that's believe that's correct. Yeah. So it's a wide offering as far as gauges there. Yeah, non toxic and non toxic. And if you guys you know want, like still bringing out that sixteen gauge or that twenty eight gauge you know definitely do it and go for a load like this and you can have a blast shooting mm-hmm. shooting something like bismuth through through those type of guns and yeah that'd be fun so let's move on to uh tungsten matrix let's talk a little bit about that yeah uh tungsten matrix that's actually our le- uh, kent cartridge's legacy product it was really what this company was founded on when uh, uh some some duck hunters uh, uh got together and were disappointed with the quality of steel shot and one of them had a lead on a on a metal alloy uh where they took tungsten powder and used polymer as a binder to basically mix it up uh to give lead-like performance and tungsten just happened to be non-toxic so these group of sportsmen got together started a company and and launched tungsten matrix and it's been on the market ever since and it still is the only non-toxic shot shell pellet that is designed to mimic the physical and ballistic properties of lead its density and its softness match lead exactly so if you want something that's going to shoot like lead tungsten matrix is your product it is it is uh, uh, a, a premium price which is why we have uh, bismuth at a little bit lower price point uh, but it certainly has a following out there and is absolutely killer on ducks geese you know even upland birds okay so steel is going to be 7.8 on the density scale mm-hmm. your bismuth is going to be 9.6 what is tungsten matrix 10.8 10.8 okay so gradually working your way up the line there yeah Absolutely. And then your turkey loads are going to be 15. Okay. Yeah. Those are those <laughs> will hit hard. So are they are they they're blended at 15 or are they uh blended with something? It it, it it's a tungsten iron blend mm-hmm. uh to get to that 15 density. Yeah. Excellent. So, um that tungsten is it still a little bit soft? Uh tungsten itself is is extremely hard. Uh the polymer binding in our tungsten matrix is what gets it down to the to the lead-like softness. Uh, we trade off the density to get there. The tungsten and iron mix, so iron's essentially steel. Tungsten, uh, that's that's extremely uh, that's extremely ha- a hard metal. Uh, with turkey load, it's it's absolutely fine because because you want that you want that hardness to break the bones. It's going through there. It's going to break bones. It's going to do a lot of damage at uh, at yardage that you'll be uh, hunting turkeys with, whereas with waterfowl, that softness is also is an advantage. Yeah. Now, with any of the Kent uh, loads, are there any choke restrictions or any? What what we what we suggest is 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 following the ma- uh, choke manufacturer's recommendations. Mm-hmm. Uh, every one of them has them out there, but there's choke tube options for every every load we offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some out there that have speed restrictions of fifteen fifty. Sure. I've seen some restrictions of nothing more than a BB and different. But you just kind of read read up on what you're buying, and if you don't have the packaging anymore, go online. You can find that information. Mm-hmm. I know I've done it. Um, I'm trying to think of. Uh, off the top of my head, I think I, I might be wrong, but Pattern Master might have been fifteen fifty, and then I think Carlson's got multiple 
Well, they've got multiple series. They've got their yeah. basic, then their cremator. The cremator said they're open. Like go, go at it because of the steel. Yeah, and then but then their their standard steel waterfowl chokes. Nothing bigger they, than nothing a, bigger than a BB. Yeah, and I think there might have been speed. But anyways, just go mm-hmm. online. Whether you got Jeb's, Carlson, Patternmaster, whatever kicks, uh, I can keep going. Read <laughs> read the restrictions, but yeah, and. Uh, and you've got specialty cartridges that, uh, such as like a teal steel and, and other stuff too. So explain the difference between some of those. Yeah, absolutely. So teal steel, that uh, it's a tremendous early season load. Uh, what what we did uh, differently uh, with our teal steel, number one, uh, is we wanted to go for pellet count. Think about think about those uh, that early season teal. Uh, you know, smaller birds. We wanted we wanted as high a pellet count as we could get. Uh, so we we did trade a little bit of velocity for that. So we went with a with an ounce, a twelve gauge three inch ounce and a quarter load at thirteen fifty using shot size five and six. So the pattern uniformity and density is absolutely tremendous. It's just a very forgiving load early in the season. You're knocking that rust off, uh, going after those small, fast-flying birds, and you're shooting a lot. So, again, we didn't want a lot of sharp recoil, so we didn't push that velocity envelope like we do with fast steel. Mm-hmm. Uh, tremendous load, been on the market for, for a number of years now and has a great following. And then you've got dove loads as well. Absolutely. So uh, we we have a steel dove load and a lead dove load, and just like any product that we that we make, we uh, we we offer a point of difference. So our what's called our first dove load uh, that's that's as close to an entry level product as we'll ever get at Kent. Uh, it's different than your standard dove load. In fact, that we're pushing the velocity on the twelve gauge one ounce to thirteen hundred feet per second. That added velocity. Is, is what's going to ensure it functions in semi-autos. Uh, there's products out there on the market that just don't cycle very well, uh, opening price point dove products, one-ounce loads that don't cycle very well in autos. Uh, that 1,300 feet per second will ensure that. And then our steel dove load, uh, there's a lot of products on the market that are uh, – steel game and target uh we wanted to be very specific with dove uh with steel we use number six steel and we push the velocity to 1400 feet per second the combination of the number six steel and the velocity at 1400 we feel it gives the right amount of energy and pattern density for steel to be effective on doves we wanted you guys to uh, bag your doves from having to use steel rather than just watching feathers in the sky so mm-hmm. Well, and I, there's a lot of places too that if you if it's public ground, um, they require a, a non toxic shot now. So, uh, actually, that's what I use for all dove hunting now is a, is a steel simply because a lot of places that we duck hunt on um, that you're allowed to waterfowl hunt, they require non toxic. So lead's not allowed. So a, a steel dove load is is by far gaining popularity. Uh, absolutely. Um, and then I know you've got. Um, some, uh, I guess you could say, loads that have the diamond shot. Explain that a little bit. So diamond shot is another one of our proprietary shot uh, products uh, that that's produced our sister company in, in the U.K. And what it is is it's, it's graded five different times and then highly polished to ensure utmost uniformity. Again, going back to uniformity, that's the key to consistent patterns. So we, we grade it five times to make sure... The shot is both uniform in size and then concentricity. 
and, and that leads to great patterns. It's high antimony, so it's great for breaking. We, we use it in our target loads. We also use it in our upland loads uh, uh, it, and our turkey loads. It's a premium lead shot that we use across our, across our line. Okay, so it's basically, it's it's the highest end of lead that you guys carry, then that's to ensure uniformity. Absolutely, uniformity, and then the high antimony content ensures uh, ensures it's uh, uh, can do its job. So where are all these loaded at? Um, I know the box I'm holding here says loaded in the USA. I didn't know what state were they at, and is all the all the shot shells loaded in the USA? Right, uh, er, everything uh, under the Kemp brand is is loaded at our facility in Carneysville, West Virginia. Uh, so that's something that, if you look at a box of original fast steel, you won't wouldn't be able to tell. There's three flags on there. There's an American flag, a Canada flag, and the and the Union Jack for the UK. And uh, we're really proud of the fact that we're a multinational uh, organization with facilities in the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. But our Kent brand is loaded right here in the USA. American workers, American pride going into every box. So we felt that was important to really tell the story on. Yeah, I, I do. So. Guys loading them up in West Virginia. That's pretty cool. When is the new fast steel hitting the market? We we are loading it now. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's a lot of retailers selling down on original fast steel. You, you may start seeing some of it show up, you know, it, definitely in time for for, for uh, uh duck season of, of, of 2019, definitely in time to get out, pattern your gun, uh, and, 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 and find the right load for you. Mm -hmm. And I know it's, it's a little premature now as a lot of places, they just ended their waterfowl season. So the withdrawal is going to start setting in, but, mm -hmm. uh, we just finished up with goose here earlier this week and duck what a little over a month ago. Yeah. But now conservation orders open. Yeah. Conservation orders. Some people get into that. i personally don't i get more frustrated than anything trying to chase but those turkey seasons not too far that's exactly right so um we should be seeing the tk7 short, shortly any day now it, it actually yeah. shipped uh it shipped yesterday so it's on the way yeah. and i know a lot of guys that really like to get out with different loads cartridges choke restrictions and pattern turkey guns oh yeah it's, i think it's important oh absolutely yeah. It, it it is important, and and with that tungsten shot, you just really want to make sure that that your uh, your your choke and or barrel combination uh, is, is suitable for enhanced uh, non toxic shot loads. So that's something I we want all of our, our listeners to really pay attention to and make sure that they've got chokes that can be equipped for that. Mm -hmm. Well, I know I've got several chokes that say um, no steel above a certain size, but they can handle all lead. Um, but yeah, I know there's several companies that make a tungsten specific choke, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yep. So correct. That, that's probably something to investigate if, if you decide to move into that tungsten market, but I haven't heard anything bad about tungsten as far as people hitting birds or, oh man, the hit powers, the smack, that's pretty good, pretty good stuff on the, on the turkey side and, and waterfowl side. Well, and what was it last week or the week before we were down in Springfield and, uh, we watched a guy get a tungsten load into a crow at <laughs> oh my i forgot about that uh, i'd had to have been every bit of 80 100 ooh, yards every bit of 80 yards is what i was gonna oh, say man, the thing was like skyscraper high well it, it took every bit it seemed like it took 45 seconds for it to helicopter down and hit the yeah. water but clearly <laughs> i could have yeah watched my watch change a minute over yeah thing fell so i mean the kinetic energy that it carries 
out to certain distances is absolutely incredible. And that's the first time I'd ever seen it hit. And to see a crow get stoned at 80 yards. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that. And I, I've, I've never shot the Kent Tungsten Matrix, but I've talked to several guys who have. And they're talking about, you know, goose hunting with it and just how it just stones them dead out of the air. Yeah. It's is crazy. There, do you know a little, is there any much about like that, that carry distance on tungsten, like steel, when does it, do you know when it starts kind of losing its, its effective range? You know, uh, I know you can, you can choke them down and get some tighter patterns and you can say that you can hit out farther, but you know, I feel like that tungsten is just going to carry that, that velocity and the density. It's just going to keep going. Anytime you increase the uh, the, the density, you're gonna you're gonna increase your your downrange ener- uh, retained energy. Uh, the one thing that that for Kent products that we like to to talk about is is a performance within uh, forty yards, which is where the majority of waterfowl or in uh, in game is taken. Uh, so all of our steel, all of our tungsten products are certainly designed to be more than adequate within those ranges uh uh, uh so uh but anytime you increase the the, uh, the density it will carry its velocity and energy uh, uh further than say a lower density product such as steel so what's your favorite foul to chase my favorite would be it would be just it's not it it it's new to me uh and maybe it's because it's new to me. It's it, it it's sea ducks. Uh, I I really like going after sea ducks. I I grew up here in the Midwest hunting puddle ducks, and it's great. I love eating them. But the challenge of sea ducks being out in the big water, you know, four foot waves, what have you, uh, and 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 trying to uh, chase those uh, uh, those fast birds. It's it's act, it's really a blast. I I would highly recommend. Uh, uh, anyone who hasn't gone sea duck hunting to get out there. And, and that's just because I, I've moved out to West Virginia from the Midwest recently and, and had the opportunity, and it's it's a tremendous experience. Uh, how about you guys? Well, I mean, uh, I've never had the opportunity to go sea duck hunting, so I've never done it. But, I mean, everybody I've talked to or they've told me stories about it, it looks it looks like an adventure for sure. Yeah. I mean, my favorite's yeah, chasing chasing green-headed mallards here in the marshes here in Missouri. I mean, that's that's what I love. But I'm kind of interested in this sea duck thing that you got. Could you, um, some people might not know what all how all that works. You know, you might talk about getting uh, what kind of boats you're in, what kind of spreads you're in. I mean, that's just interesting because you know, not everybody does that style of hunting. Yeah, uh, you know, I've gone with a great outfitter uh, out of Ocean City, Maryland, who's got a 25-foot Banks boat, so it's more than capable of handling you know, anything we should be hunting in and, and the decoy spreads fairly, uh, fairly simple. It's a, you know, two dozen decoys at most, but they're really oversized. They're Mm -hmm. probably four times the size of the actual bird. There's no life-size decoys out there and no calling, just some flagging. You're, you're out there in, in, in the boat and, and, and and they come screaming in, uh, and and so you've got to be you've got to lead them. You'll ne- you'll you'll never miss in front of them. I, yeah. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> and what's interesting is, is it seems like uh, that that the smaller shot size and the more dense pattern is what actually is most effective on them, rather than maybe the large size. Uh, when I when I first came out there, uh, I, I was thinking, okay, I got to use twos or BBs, and now actually uh, finding number fours really work the best. Uh, 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 
by throwing throwing a lot of pellets out there mm-hmm. at them and and is awfully effective at them. Yeah. So you hunting out of the big boat, you're not getting into smaller layout boats or anything? I haven't done the layout boats. It's mainly been out of that big banks boat. I yeah. do know there's a, a lot of folks who, who hunt out of uh, those layout boats out in the big water, and that's that's something that's on my list as well. Yeah, that looks pretty cool, mm-hmm. pretty crazy. You're super low profile, and seeing those 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 fast birds coming in to be a blast. So what kind of birds are you seeing when you're going out there with this guy? Yeah, uh, a lot, lot of surf scouters, uh, and and you get in, you might get an eider or two, but uh, uh, you know maybe uh, uh, pretty much surf scouters, which is you know they're a beautiful bird and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. uh, awfully fun to hunt, and and you know what, uh, if you prepare them right, they're they're not bad to eat too. I I was able to make make some pretty darn decent jerky out of them here this year, so that. Uh, that's always a bonus too. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Chandler loves my gansers himself. <laughs> <laughs> no. I I think I I think I shot about every every diver besides canvas back this year. And uh, nothing against divers, they're kind of fun to shoot, but they they turn into jerky for me. Um, but then you know we saw we see a lot of McGansers, uh, hooded McGansers, not mm-hmm. common. We did we did shoot a common this year, but hooded McGansers, and I kind of just let those go about their day whenever they come in. Some but, people get yeah. excited, and I let them say you can have all those that you want. You shot way more divers than the rest of us. I don't know that I shot, but well, we went out and had a a golden eye hammer down that yeah. one day. But I mean, it seemed like every time we went out, you shot a couple divers, and I was not jealous. Yeah, because you got to skin those things and deal with them, and oh, I that was all right. No, I'll take a puddle duck any day. Yeah, we usually my my bags were mixed with some puddle ducks and then a, a diver or two. Um, but in, in the beginning of the season, when all this went down on the reservoir, you know, I was it was opening, you know, it was the beginning of the season, and I was you know I was shooting, having a blast, but just tallying them up, ringhead or ringneck, uh, bluebills, even shot a hen ruddy, uh, red, bag. red redhead. I didn't shoot. Oh no, that's back. right. Redhead this year. Redhead, and then I mean, golden eyes. Golden eyes. I mean, yeah. You can keep them. <laughs> you can keep them. A lot of them are gorgeous. The, yeah. the golden the, eyes. The golden eyes. A great, beautiful bird. Oh uh, yeah. He's yeah. got one on his desk that I got, my dad mounted for him last year, and I got a I got one really good this year yeah. that I created a kind of like a custom backdrop that's going to go on the wall. So yeah, perfect. yeah. We had a golden eye day that we probably saw couple thousand thousands mm-hmm. of golden eyes on this lake and not very many mallards no it was we were saw we saw more golden eyes than mallards that day and uh shoot we saw we shot three or four just perfect mm-hmm. um fully you know fully mature fully plumed out big old puffy puffy top head yeah yeah the top head and the mohawk kind of look with mm-hmm. the really really cool purpley green and it was just they're they're great and uh, we shot three or four of them in that day yeah all super you know super good looking absolutely so if we're talking about favorite types of hunting i love duck hunting <sighs> between turkeys and honkers that's where i i love turkey hunting because i just i love that interaction i love getting after them um I bounce back and forth between a bow and a shotgun. It seems like I'll, I'll get a year or two where I'll, I'll shoot them with a shotgun, and then it seems like I'll go on a two- or three-year swing where I shoot all my birds with a bow. But this year, I'm due back to go with the shotgun because there's something about just yeah. knocking one of those birds down and watching them just fold. But mm-hmm. that's what's exciting to me about that new Kent as well. Um, you know, hitting some of that I've never shot – turkey with tungsten i've always used lead or something like that but i always like to try something new so yeah. something I, like that really piques my interest when i was building the spring flyer that came out 
was, you know, Steve Rogers, the owner here, he sent me over an email and said, look, check out the, the new TK7. I was excited mm-hmm. because um, we all we carried from Kent for turkey in the past was like the, like a diamond shot turkey load. Yep. And when I saw this come, I was like, okay, so now we got some <laughs> yeah. some heavy hitting, good quality Kent loads in the, in the market. I was excited. So well, and that's true because it, it seems like our tungsten turkey loads we can't really keep them in stock to begin with. Yeah. So the more we can offer, the better. Yeah, and they and these uh, these Kents will come with the quality of Kent. So absolutely, with that Kent name behind it, and then honkers. I love honkers. I just love mm-hmm. those big giant geese coming in. Lay out blind in a in a in a wheat field and and flagging them in. Yeah, the fast deal and a BB three and a half inch. Oh man, mm-hmm. you know I don't know three inch or three and a half inch. I've I've shot both the geese and they do both do fine. But I've watched I watched a guy backflip. I mean flipping upside down forty yards out just demolishing some birds on some of those three and a half inch BBs. Mm-hmm. It was it was pretty cool to watch. Oh yeah. Um, I, I like I personally I like a plated steel. I just I, the performance is good, and you know with these uh, non corrosive non corrosive shells, a plated steel. I mean you just can't go wrong. Yeah, and does that help with uh, you know just the precision part, the uniformity of that? The the the, the precision part uh, uh, certainly unaffected. The, the 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 coating really all all it does is is add. Uh, uh, corrosion resistance to gotcha. it. Now, I, I will tell you, folks who've shot our silver steel with that plated steel and the other folks who've shot some of the other plated steel will tell you it seems to hit harder. We don't have any scientific data to back that up where I can make that claim, but maybe there is something to that. Yeah, because uh, you're putting a, a material on top of that steel being zinc, so I don't, yeah. You don't have any. No, it doesn't change its density. Uh, it, it just uh, inhibits corrosion, and uh, it may it may change uh, exactly how it its terminal performance. It may may go through the bird a little bit better. Uh, you know, who knows? Or it could be just the fact that it it, it, it patterns extremely well. Yeah, uh, uh, and that's due to the uniformity. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what: not all cartridges from companies are created equal. I've cut. I don't know. We've cut quite a few open. It seems like every time something comes in here, we cut it open and look at it. Yeah. There's some that, oh my word, you you cut them open and you almost got to shake your head. And I've shot, shoot, I've shot oh, probably everything that's been made. I shot everything under the sun. And when, especially if you have to, you have to water swat a bird because you knocked him down, you winged him, something happened. You can tell the difference between a superior. Uh, cartridge compared to a non-superior, even if you're you're shooting cripples on the water, just when you got to shoot them, and then you're like, oh my word, and then you got to shoot them again, <laughs> yeah. you got to shoot them again. Whereas if you've got something that it patterns well, it makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, it, for sure. I remember uh, years ago, and this kind of goes to getting a good choke tube also. But I was patterning my gun, and I think everybody should. I think there's some waterfowlers out there that don't. They just mm-hmm. buy. They go to the store and buy what they want, and they and they go out and start hunting. But I shot a factory choke out of this is when I first started, and years and years ago, I I, shot, I had a Stoger. Uh, it was a good gun, um, but uh, I patterned it with the factory choke, and uh, I can't remember what ammo I was using, but you know the ammo was probably pretty good stuff. And I remember so many holes in that shot pattern, which is something I, I think you need to look for um, it might not be like okay you have your circle and you have x amount of pellets but if you have x amount of pellets and there's all these clumps and you have all these gaps 
you know, if I drew a, if I drew a bird in there at a certain angle, I mean, I, I completely miss any type of vital. Yeah, you start getting fist-sized gaps in a pattern. That's terrible because that could be vitals. That could be a head. That could be anything. Yeah, and, and then I saw that, and I was like, well, you know, that doesn't – okay, I got some pellets in this circle here that – okay, but they're all kind of grouped up in different areas. And then if, you know, if I'm not on, if I'm, if I'm not spot on, there could be some vitals I completely miss. And then, so I went, you know, right after that, went and bought a Patternmaster choke tube. Um, and I've shot a lot of choke tubes, Carlson, Patternmaster, you know, Jebs. All three of those are great choke tubes, from the Cremators to the, the Patternmaster Ducks to the Jebs. I mean, all those are great choke tubes. And it was night and day. I took uh, that, that ammo and shot it at that patterning board. And I had probably more pellets in the circle, and they were perfectly, like, it seemed like they were perfectly display, uh, placed away from each other. There was no holes in that pattern. You know, I knew if there was something inside that circle that I shot at, it was going to go down. Well, so that's some confidence. So there's good, definitely good something to be said for aftermarket choke tubes. Yeah, good ammo, good chokes. Yeah. You'd be really deadly. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, what you're looking for in waterfowl ammo is that you you mentioned it, it's pattern uniformity. Uh, the 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 pellets equidistant apart across that 30 inch circle at 40 yards. When when you've got a nice uniform pattern there, I would stick with that that choke and ammo combination mm-hmm. for most of your hunting yeah and you can flex too like uh um you know maybe it's buy a couple different boxes so you don't want you're not stuck with you know one one load that you're trying to get to work because mm-hmm. you might find the different shot sizes work better through different different chokes and you might find you might find that golden ticket that mm-hmm. that perfect okay all these are just beautifully you know displaced on that tar- on that that patterning board and it's a good load for ducks or whatever you're trying to pattern for. I mean, just keep it. Don't change it. Go shoot them. Well, and like you said, you you for those sea ducks, you like to shoot number fours. I would say our most popular is probably a three and a two, but I myself shoot a lot of fours. Chandler, yeah. you shoot a lot of fours. Fours, three, yeah, all of them. <laughs> yeah, well, all of them. Sure, all of them, but uh, I typically migrate a little bit more towards the four. Threes yeah. and fours. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like twos and threes, right. but you said you like fours. Yeah, you know, it uh, fours on sea ducks. However, uh, growing up in the Midwest, bottle duck and it, w- it was a good mixture of uh, honkers and 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 greenheads. I would use number twos. So mm-hmm. I've actually gone down in shot size with where I hunt locally now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kind of transition. I start with fours right out the gate. You know, for duck for duck season because I feel like I'm shooting a lot more smaller. Uh, gadwalls and stuff like that and teal a lot and your opportunities yeah. for geese aren't necessarily and, there and geese aren't open right. and then when we get in the in the goose season side of things where we're shooting ducks and geese i'll probably be at twos honestly mm-hmm. and then also the ducks are getting you know they're more mature they're getting bigger i don't i mean you know you're not shooting as many of the little guys anymore they've so, wised up they don't come in quite as close yeah it, exactly so you know farther i'll, I'll just jump to twos but I got a, I had a really good choke and gun combination, and I shot a lot of different ammo. But I was shooting all the same speed, and that's one other thing. Uh, if you're gonna change ammo at all, I just try to keep that same consistent speed because mm-hmm. you're if you if you got your figured out how to lead these birds and you're really getting good, uh, uh, good quality shots, and you're knocking them down. I don't want to change your speed up. Then you have to lead them differently, or you're not you're behind them, or you're too far in front of them. So if you find a can't fast steal that speed, there's three options, right? And three inch and three and a half. That that's correct. And 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 uh, there's a from from three inch uh, got our ounce and an eighth. That's our fastest at fifteen sixty. Then uh, our ounce and a quarter uh, in fast steel two point It's at fifteen hundred feet per second. In original fast steel that was at fourteen twenty five. So we bumped that up. 
And then a heavier payload in 3-inch, ounce and 3-8, 1,300. Uh, starting off with the 3.5, our, our, our fastest load is an ounce and a quarter payload that we pushed to 1,625. <clears throat> uh, good balance load is our ounce and 3-8 at 1,550. And then an ounce and a half at fourteen fifty. So really, uh, uh, there's something for everyone there in every type of condition you'll be hunting in. If you're hunting flooded timber, uh, uh, you know, really, really close in, maybe that ounce and three eighths at thirteen hundred is 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 going to be your load. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you're hunting where the shots are a little longer, and uh, uh, definitely go with that velocity. Uh, it'll pay off in terms of the energy out there. Yeah, if you think about, I got like two different points here you think about timber hunting a lot of times those birds when you're wanting to shoot them they ain't they ain't very mobile they're kind of they're just hovering they're hovering they're backpelling so you don't need you know 1550 you know that 13 with 1300 or whatever that was be perfect and you get more shot in the air too so you get mm-hmm. you know more more shot down range and you, you you might help you out more and the second thing i, I picked up on that that 12 gauge three inch ounce and a quarter is at 1500 i don't think there's anything else on the market like that at all, fourteen fifty is probably is the norm, and uh, there is an ounce and a fifth load out there at fifteen hundred, but I don't think there's an ounce and a quarter out there. So that is a pretty pretty neat load right there that I think is very unique. We we spent some time on that load. Uh, you know, we 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 bumped the velocity up, but we didn't do it across the line. We, we what we had to do when we 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 set out to change velocities is. Could we maintain pattern uniformity and density, and would there be a minimal increase in felt recoil? And on that ounce and a quarter load, powder technologies have improved that allowed us to manage the recoil where there you're not going to see a bump from from the pre our previous ounce and a quarter load. And then the pattern density was was very very good uh, with that 1500 feet per second velocity. So we're excited about that load. Yeah, I would be too. If your guy likes to go grab steel ammo ounce and a quarter not ounce and an eighth and go out there and shoot ducks this is going to get you a little bit faster speed so if you got some if you're on a marsh or an area where the ducks aren't really just you know perfectly lining up that 1500 is going to maybe help you shoot in front of them instead of you know hitting on the you know hitting the head instead of shooting behind their tail well i'm looking too at uh the number sixes that an ounce and an eighth at 1560 for like teal hunting Mm -hmm. teal season Mm -hmm. Um, two and three quarter inch. You've got a fifteen fifty at a six. I mean, you can even use those for doves if if you you shoot somewhere where it, it requires steel. So I mean, some of those fast loads for some of those fast moving birds. Uh, absolutely, and don't don't count out our twenty gauge seven eight ounce payload at fifteen fifty. That's uh, that's uh, crazy. That, yeah. that's, uh, that's an amazing performing load out of twenty gauge. We've seen a lot of twenty gauges on the market this past year, and there's some twenty gauges new for twenty nineteen that are pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So I mean. We're just the 20 gauge and the 12 gauge and all these new loads. I know Kent's been a part of that, put bringing out these new new blended loads together. These bismuth and tungsten. These guys are starting to jump to 20 gauge. They're, they're you know they're not they're tired of shooting that big 12 gauge all the time. Well, I think that's what's exciting too, because before you were pretty much limited to a 12 gauge if you wanted a bunch of different options. Now, my goodness, yeah, 20. I mean, not so much maybe a 16 or 28 gauge, but 20 gauge. The the options have just increased and yeah. that's what really makes me want to jump to that 20 gauge market even though i've got a perfectly awesome 12 just that weight i know it's hard we, we both got a super black eagles and it's hard to to go get like a 20 gauge m2 or something like that but you know i when 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 the steel shot when we had to go to steel i mean i remember the guys talking when that happened 
I, I was probably too young to remember it. But when that happened, they were saying you had to shoot like triple Bs or Ts at geese. Mm-hmm. And I know that's what you had from a long time ago is a mm-hmm. bunch of Ts. And it's not like that anymore. I, I know guys now are shooting 20 gauges at geese, shooting mm-hmm. number number you know, twos or something, and they're shooting tungsten. And they're having just as good of, of success rate than they were back in the day. And that shift is all due to velocity. Speed technology and steel. We Kent Fast Steel pioneered it. Uh, others have caught up, and, and obviously we, we we're, we're coming out with Fast Steel 2.0. But the reason why you're not seeing as much triple B or T shot is uh, the energy you can deliver with that higher velocity, and then increase your pellet count. It's going to make a lot more effective load than mm-hmm. uh, minimal pellet count in those larger shot mm-hmm. sizes back when steel first came out. Yeah, yeah, really, you don't see a lot for well, hardly T's at all, and even triple BBs. Everything's BBs on down, which would make sense. And yeah. I would, I'll take that pellet count every day. That's oh, yeah. why I shoot fours a lot. Yep. Yeah, so. and the, the guys shooting geese with 20 gauge, they don't even blink an eye. They just they do it. Do it. So anything else you can think of that you want to hit for 2019 and some of the new stuff? I'm excited to see the new yeah. fast deal. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to shoot it for sure myself. I'm well, definitely going to be saying that. The, tur- the turkey loads and, and the fast deal. I'm going to be shooting the fast deal probably next year. I, I don't twos or fours. I don't know yet. Is there threes on there? Yeah, absolutely. We've got threes pretty much across the board. We're seeing that become more popular every year. Yeah. Yep, number threes. That's hard. Ounce and a quarter, 1,500 feet per second. Yeah, that right right there. Yep. Might as well go ahead and add that to my cart. <laughs> yeah. So Perfect. Uh, yeah. I can't think of anything else. I think we're going on like uh, about 50 minutes. Yeah. So I'm excited. And the Kints, I, I know guys talk about how good mm-hmm. of a show that is, and they've, they've never been let down. So I guarantee that keeps going, and this stuff is new, and it looks good. So we're excited. We're, mm-hmm. we're glad to bring this on, and we're adding more Kint loads to our website all the time. Absolutely. So. And I'll just say that I know that duck seasons and goose seasons have just ended. Withdrawal is setting in. Stay strong. <laughs> Confide in each other. We will get through this. If you need to go out and shoot some snow snows. Yes. Um, is there a name for snows? Or we got thunder chicken, giggle chickens. and Sky carp. Sky carp's <laughs> always a good one. Yeah. A lot of people don't like that, but I call them that because I can. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get upset about what they get called. They just call them to me so i can shoot them that's the only thing i'll but yeah turkey's coming up we're uh we're gonna start working on turkey property and we're doing some burning to help some fresh green grass come up on some some crp and mm-hmm. have the turkeys in there like crazy picking up bugs outstanding yeah mm-hmm. so we're excited get them screaming coming in you're gonna bring the shotgun out this year not the bow yep nope I've, right. I've shot i don't know six or seven in the last couple of years with a bow and it feels good to just get that boom stick out and shoot mm-hmm. in the face yeah. <laughs> I mean, it Can't does. And with, with that. and with your bow, you you kind of have more of a stationary setup. You could be a little bit more mobile now. Uh, Absolutely. Because I know you bring your your double bull out and you know, yeah, your decoys. I mean, and you, th- that's perfect when I'm solo hunting. I mean, it's a lot of crap to carry, but it's fine. But if you've got someone who's maybe new to it and you've got to improvise a little bit, I'm taking taking some people out this year and going to places I've never hunted, trying to do more public land hunting. You got to be more flexible. So yeah. we're grabbing the the thunder stick and. Run and gun. Yep, chasing some thunder chicken. So, all right, guys, we'll uh, we'll catch y'all uh, later. <laughs>